You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 446, Should Christians Tithe? Wow, what a question that is. You know, I regularly uh, talk to believers who want to engage in a discussion or debate talking about this important principle. Some believe wholeheartedly that Christians should Uh, that tithing should be a part of our lives. Others would vehemently disagree and say this was an Old Testament principle only. It was given during the time of the law, and it does not apply to us today. However, most people, Christians especially, would say that generosity is important and that giving of our finances and our time and our talent and all the things that God's entrusted to us is a part of the Christian life. I think that's a, a valid uh, principle when we, when we begin to think of, of giving back uh, part of what God's given us. But what about the idea of the tithe, this idea of giving 10% of our income, or any percent for that matter, can be difficult to accept. And while people will say, well, yeah, tithing was in the Bible, it, it, it's, you know, one of those things that was under the law, the Old Testament. And is it still applicable today? Um, if we're Christians, aren't we freed from obeying the law? Aren't we free from having to follow these Old Testament principles? And this is a huge discussion. And I'm not even going to try to answer every single point, but I am going to throw some things out just to kind of generate some discussion and some thinking. Um, I don't like arguing about certain things like this. It's not worth it. It's not worth arguing. If somebody's mind is made up, why argue with them on either side? But I'm going to just kind of share with you some principles that I've seen over the years, some things that I've found through my own studies that are worth considering and might at least generate some discussion in your own circle. But before we do that, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the single most important event in history. It's so important that the Apostle Paul said that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if Jesus physically didn't rise from the dead, our faith is in vain. And so we come around to Easter here in a few months, and, and, and we'll be talking about the resurrection, and we'll be celebrating it. We'll talk about Good Friday and the, the horrific G- death that Jesus bore for us on the cross. But what about the resurrection? It's so, so important. In fact, it was the primary message of the early church. So check out this incredible book, Reflections on the Resurrection. It's educational. 
Uh, it's it's informative. It's devotional, and it's also apologetic. And I don't mean we're apologizing, but it it, it deals with the arguments against the resurrection. There have been so many arguments over the years trying to dispel that Jesus rose from the dead. And so we take on those arguments, but it's also devotional and shows us why it's so important for us today to understand the power of the resurrection. Because the power of the resurrection wasn't just for then, it's also for now, and it's also for our future. Well, all right, we're back. We're talking about should Christians tithe? We're asking that question. And, you know, we talked about the fact that this is a, a principle that was originally seen in the Old Testament. But here's my question to you. Just because it was in the Old Testament, does that negate it? Um, we do see guidelines. Uh, the law actually came and provided guidelines for tithing. But what's fascinating is this idea of tithing or giving God a percentage, or even we could even say giving God the first of our uh, uh, wealth, the first of our produce, the first of our income, was actually before the law was ever given. Listen to this. This is from actually Genesis chapter 4. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offerings he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. And of course, this led to him murdering his brother. Now, why would God regard one offering against the other? Well, very simply, Abel gave the firstborn, the first fruits. And this is one of the principles we see over and over again in the Bible is this idea of giving to God the first portion. And we see in the law, when there's guidelines given for giving, that these guidelines specify where to give the first. The first part should be set aside for God. Now, the first place that tithing, the actual idea of giving a tenth, was mentioned is in the life of Abraham. It says that Abram later uh, returned from his victory, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Shava, that is the king's valley, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem and a priest of God most high, brought Abram some bread and wine. And Melchizedek blessed Abram, with this blessing, blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. Now this is fascinating because this guy Melchizedek, we don't know who he is. We'll talk about him again in a minute, but he shows up and it's, it's very clear looking back now, on the Old Testament passage, we see that he's a type of Christ because he brings out this, this bread and this wine and, and refreshes Abraham. And in return, Abram gives him a tenth of all the spoils that he had recovered. Now, this was hundreds of years before the law was ever given, but we see this introduction into this idea of giving God not just the first part, as we talked about with, with Cain and Abel, but now we see this idea of giving a tenth. Now, 
Abraham's grandson, Jacob, also committed to give a tithe. Now, while Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, who we said is a, is a, is a type of Christ, maybe even the, the pre-incarnate Christ, we don't, we don't really know, um, Jacob vowed to give his tithe to God. Now, what's interesting is, is Jacob was a, a scoundrel. He was a deceiver. He had um, stolen his brother's blessing. He had deceived his, his invalid father. Uh, he really wasn't a very good person. And yet, God appears to him and promises to bless him. And again, when we say, wow, why would God do that? Well, it comes down to God's grace and not, you know, our goodness. But listen to what Jacob says. He made a vow to God and he said, if God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone, which I've set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And all of that you give me, I will give a tenth to you. Now, again, this is this is given well before the law, but do you see the the uh, ulterior motives that, that Jacob has? He gives God a list, and God, if you do this, 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 then I'll give you a tithe. And, and, you know, we know that's probably not acceptable. And even though most everything he prayed for there came to pass, it was also the, at the expense, expense of incredible trials and, and tests and, and per, even personal tragedy on Jacob's part. So God blessed him, um, and, and, and he gave a tithe, but it was also uh, God taking him through uh, the fire to get to that point. And again, this was many, many years before the, the law was ever given. And when we get to the law, what we find is not the law of God given through Moses introducing the tithe, but what we find the law doing is giving guidelines for the tithe. In other words, um, the percentage, the, the, the idea of it being first fruits. That's a very, very important thing. But not only the tithe, other types of offerings are specified as well. And so, so those come into play when we read the law. But now, what about the New Testament? I've heard pastors say the New Testament does not teach tithing. And, and, and I'm always amazed when, when I hear a pastor say that because I, 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 the first place my mind goes is, have you not read the New Testament? Because even though it may not teach it as in-depth or as exclusively as the Old Testament does, there are passages in the New Testament that do appear to teach tithing. Jesus, for example, gives two of them. Um, listen to what Jesus said. This is in Matthew 11. He said, I'm sorry, Matthew 23, Matthew 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe, mint and dill and cumin, but you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So he says, you've, you're, you're very, very diligent in your tithes, but you're neglecting the other important things, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then he closes it out by saying you should have done, essentially says you should have done both. So Jesus is not doing away with the tithe. He's affirming it, but he's also affirming the spirit that should be behind it. Um, the, the religious leaders prided themselves on the fact that they kept all of the law. 
And, you know, look, we've got to make sure we keep the spirit of the law. The, the, the most beautiful example of this is in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus gives, uh, for example, he, he says, uh, it's been said, don't commit adultery. But I say, don't even look at a woman with lust. He said, it's been said you shall not murder, but I say you shouldn't even be angry with your brother. So Jesus is taking us deeper below the surface of the, the words of the law into the actual uh, spirit behind it. And in chapter 6 of, of Matthew, we also find Jesus talking about giving and, and the importance of giving um, as, as part of a kingdom uh, believer. So then another place where Jesus mentions is, is Matthew 11. It's probably a parallel account um, to, to what we have in Matthew 23. But again, Jesus is telling the Pharisees not to neglect the justice and love of God, but also not to neglect their tithes. That's in Luke 11:42. So in two of the four Gospels, Jesus mentions tithing. Now, it may not be an in-depth teaching, but um, he, is, he is mentioning it. And, you know, the Apostle Paul may not mention tithing by name, but he also talks about giving in a number of places. Um, he says this in 1 Corinthians 16. He says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, or the offering for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, you also are to do it. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up, as he may prosper, so there will be no collecting when I come. So here it sounds like uh, percentage-based giving. Uh, you know, based on what you've made, set part of it aside for this offering that we're going to be taking for the poor Christians in Judea. In, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul talks at length. Each These two chapters are probably two of the best chapters in the New Testament on generosity and, and the power of generosity in the Christian's life. Um, you know, these are things we should consider, uh, even though the, the actual percentage is not mentioned there. Jesus is in, in second, or Paul in 2 Corinthians 8 9, he's actually talking about uh, really having a spirit of incredible generosity and being willing to give it all um, in one sense. Now, another really extensive passage. Uh, on tithing is found in the letter to the Hebrews. And here, this, this, uh, the, almost the entirety of chapter 7 in the letter to the Hebrews is devoted to talking about Abraham, Melchizedek, tithing, and the high priesthood. Here, the writer of the Hebrews identifies Melchizedek as a type of the Christ and even maybe, a, as we said, a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. Uh, he's without father and mother or genealogy, the writer says, having neither beginning of days nor end, but resembling the Son of God as a priest forever. And here, in this teaching, in this chapter, this New Testament chapter on tithing, Abraham is held up as an example. Um, this incident, as we said earlier, took place hundreds of years before the law, but over and over again, in chapter 7, of Hebrews, it mentions Abraham giving a tenth, giving a tenth to Melchizedek, um, and he did, this is what's amazing, he did it willingly out of a generous spirit. 
This echoes what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 9. God, don't, don't give under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we see that in Abraham, and, and my prayer is that we would see it in our lives as well. So I encourage you, don't take my word for it. Get your Bibles out, flip them up to Hebrews 7, and look. Tithing is mentioned four or five times in this passage, over and over again. It's mentioned. It's held up as, Abraham is held up as an example. And, you know, people might argue, well, this is not a clear command for Christians to tithe. And I would say, you're right. It's not a clear command. It's giving us an example. You know, the scriptures give us examples. They give us stories. And then there's places where they also give us commands. And it's us, up to us to read and to pray and um, interpret it through the Holy Spirit and understand what God might be saying to us. So, willingly, out of a generous spirit, there's no record of Melchizedek asking for it, but yet we see Abraham um, giving in response to the kindness that Melchizedek had shown him. And maybe, maybe that's how we should view giving today. Maybe that's how we should view generosity today. Maybe that's how we should view percentage-based giving or tithing today. Not as a command, not as a law, not as legalism. Rather, we should give out of the gratitude that fills our hearts because of the grace that we have experienced in Christ. I'm not giving to make God happy. I'm not giving so that God will, will bless me, although He does want to reward us. We should give out of generosity. It should be the overflow out of what God has done in our lives. We should want to give. And tithing is just one way that we can show our gratitude. But if we're grateful with our finances, we're going to find ourselves being grateful in other ways. I know the people that in my life that I know who are generous with their finances are generous in other ways as well. But when I want to hold on to it, when, when people I know want to hold on and not be generous, they tend to not be generous in other areas as well. And I know you want to be a generous Christian, and I want to be a generous Christian, and we want to create a culture of generosity in the world today. Because together, when we do this, when we uh, invest in the kingdom. We're not just investing in, 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 in building a building. We're investing in seeing people's lives changed all over the world. Well, I'm going to stop there. I'd love to hear your feedback. Like I say, this is one of those topics that always generates discussion, and that's fine. Everybody's got strong opinions on this. That's fine. But let's look at what God's Word says. Let's look into the Scriptures. Let's look into the Old Testament. So let's look into the New Testament. And let's also look into our hearts. Let's look into our hearts. Is the reason that I'm fighting so hard against wanting to be a tither because I've got a poverty mindset? Or, um, even though I may not have much, am I willing to, to be a part of this because I want to, to be generous even though I may not be a wealthy person myself. It never depends on the amount. It's always the sacrifice, and it's always our heart. So I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Let me know what you think, and while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Don't forget to check out my resource highlight, Reflections on the Resurrection, and we will see you next week on... 